1: Besties? Besties. One, two, three. Boner. I don't know shit about fuck.
2: Fucker. I like sucking. Nah, nah, nigga. Legit.
3: there! Welcome back to Legit Back, Back, fuck. Fuck.
1: This is nah. Black.
3: Black. No, we'll, we'll keep it in there. I'm Joe. Jen's here and Ben is here. And our guest tonight is a returning, I don't know how many times guest, Brandon Thomas, I almost said Brandon Williams, I got you guys mixed up last time, uh, from Expanding Reality. And before we get going, wanted to say thank you to PurePetWellness.com. Hey, look at that! A first official sponsor, Uh, It's it's CBD, if that's your thing, and I'm not going to do a big old ad read. Just uh, go there, check it out, and code legit at checkout for 20% off. It's Uh, super affordable
1: and it's super high quality. That was his whole goal in starting the company. He basically saved one of his pets by developing this company and researching CBD rather than either the options of getting them fixed for five grand or putting them down.
3: Yeah, and he he tells, I think he tells that story on the show we did with him. I believe it was one of the last shows we did, actually. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Brandon, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. What's what's new over at the Expanding Reality Homestead?
4: Oodles, and thank you for asking, but I need to talk to you about your sponsor, actually. This is not a plug for them. This is actually real legit. We have this beautiful love of our life his name is kiva he was a boomerang uh, that we rescued about 10 or 11 years ago uh, couldn't keep him at the time in the situation we had gave him to mother-in-law mother-in-law had him and then we she was just over it so we got him back like two years ago so that's why we call him a boomerang right so uh, we love this damn dog and he's like 11 12 years old but he's like a husky mix so he's larger and right now he's on galloprant and he's on some other supplement for his joints and stuff because he had a really really tough time like i was out of town and came back he was Anyway, so we need to talk to your sponsor about this because I bet you that CBD stuff would be better than the thing that I'm giving him. So I would love a connection to also ad- additionally plug your sponsor here. It sounds awesome. Yeah,
3: for sure. I'm sure that's something it could help with. His his site is, uh, I mean, it's very simple and easy to find all the stuff. And and the coolest part is that you can take it too if you are a human. I've probably drank more of that bottle than the pets ever will. Dude, so.
4: i love cbd shit. sometimes because i'm a cannabis uh, partaker and so cbd for me has been like sort of the buffer between just not smoking at all and losing my shit completely because it is an integral part of my uh chemistry like there's some people who are like oh i can't whatever because of whatever but you have a really uh great uh i guess relationship with like coffee or nicotine or something like that but like people dial that in so there's no ubiquity here anyhow and we all know that And so I've just got this relationship with Mary Jane cannabis, it's been awesome. And I really, um, my um, endocannabinoids are just, um, just locked into the, again, I got the recipe dialed in. So the CBD, I love, I love these little damn things. I get these, and what's great about this is I'm in Texas, so it's not legal here for the real flower, but the CBD here is unregulated. And so it's actually like this crazy strains that you will pop a drug test on, and it's like crazy. People who come from other states where it is legal, that don't have this caliber of CBD in their area because uh, they don't need it. Uh, they come here and they're like, "Holy shit!" Like some gummies I gave somebody that couldn't sleep, just CBD gummies, right? And they were incredible, dude. So it's that's a game changer. The
2: biggest thing that we run into here is because it's regulated, but also legal. It's harder to find really dank shit. I'll send you uh, some. now because so so much of it is being sent to depositories. Depositories? Is that
4: dispensaries, right? perhaps dispensaries that's up oh, fuck um <laughs> hang on let's let's dispensary as a di- a dispensary is a depository for pot so that's oh, actually- okay all right so like yeah it's, it's
2: hard i always have to get the one-to-ones of cbd and thc and it's still like they have just cbd gummies but i took a couple of them one time i think i took probably like 60 milligrams and i didn't really affect me much it didn't do a lot I, it kind of took away the the physical pain Uh, But that insomnia bug, uh, that whole can't sleep thing that pot really cured uh, it, you know, it doesn't really touch that. So the two of them mixed work really well together for me. And like you said, everybody's different. Um, The thing about that sponsor, too, is it's like it'll probably work better, like you said, than what your dog is having. But in the very least, it will do nothing. It's like there's you you can't go wrong with it. It's just it may not have the desired effect,
4: uh, in which case, you know, at least you tried i bet been yeah. a two-year-old puppy, dude. You know what I mean? Maybe <laughs> just a little hitch in his giddy-up, you know, because he'll still, he opens up, dude. He murders things constantly. Like, okay,
0: <laughs> he murdered a
4: f- uh, fucking skunk the other day with his face. And so he comes in and smells like this for like three weeks. We love him and we adore him. And he sleeps in the house. We don't put him outside. I know the husky and it's like 100 degrees. Anyway, so we did that. He he's, he's just has something out for the armadillos out here. He's killed three at <laughs> least. And these things are the size of like big cats. I mean, they're massive. Right. Really- and they have shells like they should they have what armor a, what a fucking shit well not not according to kiva because he just says like they should have they should have allocated that evolutionary resource to like speed or wings or some shit because that uh that shell has proven for naught out here uh he just murders him dude
3: that is crazy what an asshole! Turtles. but good for him
4: yeah he eats fuck those
3: armadillos i've never seen one in real life but i imagine their pests like possums are out here so fuck Pretty them too
4: big Like I don't have I don't have a problem with them. It's nature. It's whatever. And they are just usually passing through, and it'll be cool because I'll be out there like before sunrise or some, you know, often in the morning, and I'll just be kind of looking around, and this armadillo will just go walk right by me, and I'm barefoot, just standing in the front yard. I'm just like, oh hey fella, or you'll hear it scratch. (laughs) You can see it all dig up or whatever, and you know they're just passing through. It's it's really cool.
3: That's crazy. Yeah, if we ever get down there, I definitely want to see an armadillo.
4: Win, brother. Well, Kiva will bring you a a selection of them. Yeah. Oh.
3: Of se- I want to sever- see a live heads. one
1: first,
2: but I'll <laughs>
4: live one. Yeah, let's manifest it's, that.
2: Then. It's funny when you don't live in places like that, how much it kind of throw those little tiny things like that, that people, you know, they grow up with when I was lived in Florida, I did not realize how many insects and fucking lizards. And I hate lizards so much. And I had to get used to just walking down the sidewalk with all of these lizards sunning themselves. And as you walk, they just go like this and cross and then they go off in the grass And after a while, I got used to it, but they were also different. But it was like snakes, things inside your house, massive fucking bugs, weird ass bugs. Like you just you never realize when you're when you're used to your bugs, like all the other shit that's out there. Like I could never live in Australia.
3: And then I was going to say, then try going somewhere actually crazy that has things that can kill you at every turn, which is what they say. Australia is. I don't really believe that in the cities. But apparently if you go into the outback, you have like a good chance of dying. If you just go out there.
1: Where there's a place in Indonesia, I think, one of those islands where they live, their houses are all on stilts because there's these massive lizards that walk around and we'll just eat people.
3: Awesome. Okay, so fuck that. So I'm actually cool yeah, with lizards. Move, you know? <laughs> fuck snakes though, all the <laughs> way, all day. Fuck snakes.
4: You know- I used to be that way when we moved out here at first, yeah, uh, we've been, we'll be out here eight years this August, so um, when we moved out here the first time, I'm a city kid, I'm coming out here to conquer this land, and I'm just a big dick, and I've got it all figured out, dude, I was shooting everything, I shot, and I'm not proud of it, what I'm saying here is, is that I killed a bunch of snakes, I killed a bunch of things that I didn't need to, and in, as a result of that, our second year out here overran with mice and rats and shit, and we have donkeys, goats, so we have a lot of feed, you know what I mean, so there's a lot of grain about, and so, it was, it was a fucking nightmare. And so what I did was educated myself on the difference between venomous and non-venomous snakes. And uh, they are venomous, not poisonous, because they bite you and it gets in your bloodstream, not you eat it and die. Right. So they learning the difference in like what to see, the eyes, the head shape, the coloring, all those things, and then the things indigenous to hear. There's a snake out here called an indigo blue snake. And this thing, you could Google this bitch, it's bright blue, and they're huge. They're copperhead and uh, rattlesnake killers. So they're actually protected by the state of Texas. They're massive, but they want fuck all to do with you. And they're incredibly cool. So you have those, but we have a bunch of rat snakes out here, and those were the things that I was killing at first. Non-venomous, no big deal, but they're fucking huge, dude. They're like, I don't know, uh, the one that I was, uh, Dave Zed spent uh, like a week and some change out here. And when he was out here, there was one. And so I go, hey, you wanna do some ranching shit? I just grab a pair of gloves, walk out there, and I don't grab gloves because like they're I'm scared of them. They stink like a mother... Like, if you've ever known anybody who has a snake or something in their house, they like, smell like death. You know what I'm talking Ugh. about? Especially wild no. snakes. Are, like, something about it. Anyways. So I'm not just- aware
3: of snake smell. That's crazy.
4: When, even when you touch them, like, pick them up with gloves, like, you still... You still have it on you and you just can't get away from it because it's like thrashing about. You'll get it on your shirt and shit. So anyway, what I'm saying is, is like even handling one fucking sucks. But I still pick them up and take them. Even with all the education, dude, I'm shaking as I'm doing it. I'm not a fan of this. Okay, I'm not sitting here saying I'm some hard dick dude that's like, fuck, yeah. And I pick it up and whip it around as I'm carrying it away. We do it gently and I'm shaking the whole fucking time. And then Dave's holding the camera like way back, you know. I'm like, "Can you see it?" And he's like, "I'm fine from over here," you know. <laughs> uh, but again, it, it's it's just one of these things. And after education, we live in balance with it. And there are so many more things I hear, I see out here that I don't tell my wife about, like snakes, uh, some stuff. And I'm just like, "Ah, I just don't tell her," you know. She didn't need to know it's running around out here, right? Um, but for the most part, this is an awesome. Abs- actually, it's the best way to fucking live. I'll never, ever, God willing, go back to the city, like ever just oh even yeah like, that. like the challenges of just pulling snakes out of the coop and stuff like that no big deal i'm great well, I, I don't have
3: to say i'll never go back to the city because i've never really been in the city but i've been to cities and no thank you <laughs> not i'm not i'm good
4: <laughs> one star yeah
3: i'm i'm in a big enough city for me as it is and i don't want to be
1: yeah it's technically a city but it's really not it's not the same as like chicago or boston no. or even even a suburb of those cities It's much much more rural, so and
3: it's still too city for me.
1: But it's super ideal because so it's city enough where like there's a Walmart close enough, but there's also a huge green belt close to us and tons of walking trails and tons of lakes and rivers. Well, and once you get right
3: out of the, the actual city part, it's all country mountains and shit. So it is we are kind of spoiled in that way. We're we're close enough to feel like we aren't in a big city. Like I don't feel like I'm in a big city at to all. To get
1: out of a big city though is my point, to get out of there, it takes a long time. Cities are huge and we do live in this tiny little city, so to get out is like a 10 minute drive.
3: Yeah. My sweet. backyard.
4: <laughs> yeah, You're like and Well right? dude,
3: what what have you been what's been rattling your cage over at expanding reality? Anything interesting you've been looking into or any interesting guests you've had?
4: Oh fuck yes and fuck yes and fuck yes. Um so fascinating guests and stuff had the 200 which was awesome that was fun and again dave zed was here so we had several conversations together which was awesome dude just spending the time with the guy he's fascinating uh he laid on our floor on his little tum tum with his laptop open and a notepad that's like thick as shit. he was just taking notes and doing math like the entire fucking time he was here for 10 days i saw him in, in and out of meetings and math meetings math and then we would uh, grill out and cook and stuff and hang out. And so we did a lot of chat and a lot of expanding of our own realities and talking about just the possibilities of things. And that was fun as shit. And then just sent me on this whole new gander at the simulation um, theory or this idea that we're sort of in in some sort of environment, right? It doesn't necessarily need to be a matrix and a uh, sort of a a technocratic- Video game. Yeah, it doesn't need to be all that, Um, but really, really diving into that concept. And then just freeing myself from some shit, dude. I um recently came to a fat fucking epiphany yesterday, man. I had a this is just full disclosure here too rough fucking couple of weeks, dude. It's just like, you know, sometimes it'll stack and then it gets stagnant. And then whenever that happens, I'll bog in and there's an there's an older version of me that will present itself. Now, I'd say used to present itself because this shit ended yesterday. I, I came to this awesome epiphany after years of knowing being told and feeling rather that I needed to integrate this part of me because it's a part of me and it's whole. And also taking from the ideas that you don't want to kill your ego or slay the dragon, as some people would have you believe, because then you're really just killing off a part of yourself and you really need to integrate these things fully. I kind of came to a point where I realized that there's a certain percentage of me after absolute years of patience and love and willingness to integrate and all of those things and i just said fuck it that's enough and there's like a percentage of me that can just fuck right off and i'm honestly to this point dude and it freed me so goddamn much it feels like this last uh sort of like this last test if you will so um do you know who pat mahan is i've had him on the show he does uh, uh the name like, sounds
3: familiar, familiar.
4: He's brilliant. So we were talking earlier about this, and I uh, we were talking about this thing because there was this percentage of me that I was just like, I it's this it's this one little dude, and basically what he does, and I'm stubborn as shit anyway, and I know me, and what this version of me does is he sits down on the ground and pouts, and it's it's a it's an Indian style arms. Your inner
3: two year old.
4: Fuck you. Yes, but it's like an older one, you know what I mean? So it's, it's got some intelligence. It's got good arguments. It's got solid fucking points that are really hard to refute. Right, That makes
1: it so much more inexcusable.
4: It it makes me feel like my mom and I know God bless her. She had the toughest time because there's nothing that she was correct about. Uh, And it just wasn't because I could pick it apart and obviously it was wrong and it led to some interesting things. But what I will say is, is that fucking guy had his shot. And I just basically got to a point, point. I was talking about my hand about this, uh, to where I told him, I was like, dude, I, you know, through tears said, all right, I'm done with you. You know, fuck off. I'm in this surrender thing. I'm reading uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza right now. I'm almost through to, um, to the meditation parts of it. And as I'm reading through that, I got to the part of surrender. And he's talking about surrender isn't just like giving up, it's giving it over to a higher power that knows more than you, that can do better than you with it, and that's mind works differently than you that's what it is so it's it's actually a surrender of admission it says look here's my faults here's where i'm at here's the things that i feel stuck on and that's this one motherfucker you know i've done my best i've done i've I've earned all the merit badges and then some with this bitch and uh, i'm just really ready for a a higher version of me that sees it differently that doesn't isn't restricted by the limitations i feel i am and can see the blind spots in ways that i can't hey have a go at it it's like um I don't know, I'll compare it to, like, doing a Rubik's Cube and then just being like, ah, and then just handing it to somebody else. And then they just go, whoop, here you go. And it feels like this. And so it's this, like, freeing sort of last thing, I feel, for this uh, little level-up period. And I know you guys probably go through this. You go through these, like, swings and cycles and stuff, and then you get to these stagnation times. And in my mind, they're always indicators of level-up. But there is an intensity to them that will increase uh, past my, like, I have a comfort zone and then that that always expands as well. But even in that, there's introspection points that I'll come to with that because it's, like I said, usually the same goddamn thing. Uh, Reading in Joe Dispenza's book, I like had a great, I don't know, um, I felt great about it because he's listening to all these fucking things that you can be focused on while in meditation to release because these are like common fucking, everybody's got this shit. I like two. On the bitch and so i was like oh okay well you know we're doing we're doing pretty good you know as far as like envy and like being jealous in comparison and shit, i'm just so much of that shit is absolutely gone it's this last couple right to tick off and when i was talking to pat mahan about this i said again you know i feel like i've just like told that part to just fuck off like i just said all right we're taking the wheel regardless like you can uh, we're duct taping you and putting putting you in the back you can learn over time that you'll be fine but we're done fucking letting you sit on the ground and us all stand there and wait and kill momentum and wait for your ass to fucking get out of your little posture and your little pity potty and stand up. That's a version of my own ass that I'm talking to here. And so I just, you know, declared that that 8% of me controlled 100% of the momentum. And so I was like, well, what the fuck is that about? And again, I was talking to Pat about this and he goes, yes, there's this Rick and Morty episode, which I don't, I haven't seen, but I can't wait to see it. And it's where something happens at like an arcade and they go back it's called something Roy it's in like season five or six he said and it's basically yeah the video three game
3: three. yeah yes. it's fucking great
4: video game right and he has to get him all reassembled right and it's like one of the best metaphors for what we feel may be one of the perceptions of what we're experiencing here perhaps and he said you know it got down to this eight percent part and I'd already told Pat all this hadn't I, I've not seen this episode it got down to that part and he goes and he goes that eight percent he goes man fuck that eight percent it's not even the best part of you. And I was thinking about this and I'm like, yeah, fuck that part. You know, it's, it's gotten me this far. Yes. And I've given it the grace and the love and all of these things, but I'm also to a point where I feel I'm not being bamboozled by it to remain anchored to it because I don't know why, man, you know, you got to, again, you get to this point where you're like, oh, I can't shed or strike any point of me or something like that. But really there's parts of you, you just need to tell the, go the fuck off. And it, it because again with my stubborn ass and I know that dude cuz we danced for many years with this and it was a daily thing then that's you know unstoppable force meets immovable object and that's what it felt like it killed everything it's and, like
3: your own worst enemy type of thing and
4: uh, 100% dude
3: i know what you're talking about and a lot of people i think uh, have, i mean everybody actually has a problem with that when they realize that 8% of themselves that they just don't like and they're like go fuck yourself stop doing that and they can do it uh, pretty well and then something comes up and that pops back up again and then they beat themselves up about it because they're like no I got rid of that it's back again it's like nope don't beat yourself just Put it back away. The problem away, you is know. where they
1: start defining themselves as that part of themselves. Their whole self is then defined by that one part. So when you just, when you can separate that and say, No, I am also this super strong, amazing, beautiful, great person. But there is that part of me that I don't like. Also, I'm strong enough to tell that part of me to fuck off. That is super freeing.
4: That's it. And it was that's what Pat was saying. He goes, and you know what happened? The second you said that, all the versions of you were like. Thank God, like finally, the CEO of this motherfucker, which you are, said, let's go, you know, we've we've all done our job, like all of us have fallen in line, all of us are in agreement with where we're going, we're all absolutely here, it's this one motherfucker that constantly slows us down, and fuck it, and so we all just said, absolutely not. Now, Pat made a good point to this because of the bad guy thing, right, we don't um, subscribe to a bad guy, which is a very interesting concept. So with that then he said, you know what you know what just happened is that little kid, that demon whatever that was sitting there at the second you decided that it was no longer in control and it you were done with it, it stood up, clapped for you and fucking left. And that's it. It's it's like the last clink in the puzzle. You know what I mean? It's this got it.
3: And it's kind of like call, calling out the demons by name, you know, where you exactly. once you realize it's there and it notices that you know it's there, it's like, "Ah, okay, I guess uh, I'm done now."
4: I'm just gonna go fuck off yeah
3: yeah <laughs> well i guess i'll go fuck myself then
4: yeah oh i'm just gonna fuck myself <laughs> exactly right so that's honestly what's been going down dude um it's been a lot of that uh the publishing house is crushing we're having so much fun we signed another author this week which has been great um and expanding is going awesome we're gonna um it, it kind of hit a like a bottleneck with a lot of things with the trip to utah within five tribe stuff within all just all kinds of and it's all awesome shit it's not like it was like oh my car broke down and then some shit sucked it's like all amazing creative projects have just like bottlenecked uh, bottleneck the show just a bit and so you're gonna see like five episodes come out in the next uh one a day actually they'll just it,
3: it happens dude We're n- none of us are really professionals so it, it, it's hit or miss <laughs> uh, how do you so to kind of go back to what you were talking about though because how do you how do you like uh deal with everyday occurrences that everybody has to deal with and you know you get a varying degree of response from these little inconveniences how do you look at that from like your own point of view like you said like your car broke down got a flat tire or the dog shit in the living room or you know all these little things that we're just bombarded with every day and I mean a lot of people can just kind of coast through it and be like whatever but then you have people that are it makes all the difference in the world when something like that happens. So how do you, how do you deal with that yourself?
4: Outstanding question. Uh, months and months and months ago, have, uh, this place is littered with amazing sticky notes. And months and months and months ago, I wrote that down.
3: Slow down.
4: This one sticky note that is right here, very, very prevalent, um, mm-hmm. has changed the things that you're talking about. So I actually don't encounter them. Um, and definitely not as much and with a, as much frequency because those are usually indicators that you're moving too quickly, that things are, uh, at an unbalanced pace or something like that. And it gives you this pattern interruption. It just gives you a snap out of reality and just says, Hey, just focus, take a minute and snap to it. You know, I feel that this is what mercury retrogrades are now. I really see them as this innate pause for the high vibrational beings to just kind of just go, Oh okay, we're just going to slow down, tiptoe through this bitch. It's like the school zone for the universe is sort of how I feel with it. And, um, it's just one of these things. So, but by, uh, approaching things so nonchalantly nonchalantly for most of my life, like I said, it's been one or two things on that list. And it's been those one or two things for years. And it's really been, it was stuck there is what I will say. It's absolutely clear now and I fucking feel great. Um, but there, there, Things as far as approaching challenges and stuff like that, I've naturally been this boundless optimist, dude. If I fall down the stairs, it's, I didn't fall down the stairs, it's oh you got down the stairs super fast. And, you know, uh, one step forward and two steps back isn't set back, it's the cha-cha, and you just dance with the rhythm of life and you just keep it going. Like I have a fascinating success rate with being able to turn things positive instantly. It's I'm the epitome of that parent that just starts laughing when his kid falls and they know that they're fine and they don't want to like add drama to the fucking thing. And they're like, no, 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 you're good. You know, everything's all right. It's going to work out, buddy. And uh, that's just how I've been. so with things like flat tires, with stuff like that, I really, again, don't encounter them. The wife had something occur with her car recently that was just $1,000. And I was just like, yeah, absolutely. We smiled and paid it. And it's one of these things to where um, I don't get triggered by that shit anymore. Um, I really am, am in full surrender with this to where I feel anything that's in my path right now is absolutely there for a purpose. And it's something to teach me or it's a gift, but but usually they're both. It's a gift teach moment.
3: And what does that tell you that it, it is actually all perspective? Because you do get the other side of that where little things happen and it's automatic victim mentality where uh, I trip down the stairs. No, the stairs got in my way or, you know, uh,
4: Here's our, the my car broke down. So enough.
3: it's uh, that, the car broke down. So that means it was the mechanics fault or, you know, so it is all perspective. And we talk a lot about victim mentality and it's one of the most annoying things to me because shit just happens to people, everybody. And to be so victim mentality on it is to be so egocentric and so, uh self-centered that you're thinking everybody's out to get you and everything's against me and i just have the worst luck because all this shit happens to me and if you look around you're like no all that shit happens to literally everybody just yeah. deal with it like uh, in a you know well like an adult we're talking about like you know younger kids these days because i'm an old man and i say things like kids these yeah. days
1: oh it's not just kids though come on i know so many adults that have the victim mentality. People older than me.
3: Biden supporters.
1: But no, stop. I'm not even generalizing it like that. Just people in general that are just broken and they have yeah. other things that are so messed up in their own lives that they have to fix before they're even going to be able to come to a place where falling down the stairs won't be a big deal for them.
3: Well, yeah. And the, the other thing about that, sorry, Ben, the other thing about that is that there are people that do have um pretty lopsided luck and they've been dealt a shit hand. But I know plenty of those people who are the most positive, happy people in the world. So and if you strong. look at somebody who who th- looks at their shitty life like that and you compare your life, which you shouldn't do anyway. But if you're actually looking at the shit that happens compared to this dude who's super happy and positive all the time and turns everything into a positive, then you start kind of looking at yourself and you're like, well, what the fuck is my problem? Ben, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, you're good. I was going to say Jordan Peterson's breakdown of that was that the reason why you are seeing it more and more is because it used to be that you purposely chose what was hard rather than what was easy. The victim mentality is very attractive. It's very attractive because it puts the situation that you're in on something else. It's blame placing. All you're doing is you're taking away the core of the problem. And maybe it was something in the past. Like everybody's like, well, this isn't a direct consequence of of, of an action. It's like, no, but choices led you to where you are in life. Now, this ends up crossing into self-deprecation. It ends up getting into a place where it's like, I'm retarded. I did this way back when and now I'm here. And it's like you can't do that either because everybody Unless is it's going... for comedy. Well, yeah, but but and in which case you deserve a queef. But everybody does <laughs> uh everybody, do, you know, everybody does that. They always they're always comparing Joe. You just said that like you shouldn't be doing that shit. You're absolutely right. At the same time, it does give you a frame of reference. And depending on the lens that you look through that frame of reference in will do everything for your life as to whether or not you are seeing the problems you have as a challenge. And then when you get through it, you feel awesome. It's like when you're learning a sport and you see somebody else who's better than you, you have a frame of reference for how to get better. And if you challenge yourself to achieve that, when you do, you feel better about it. Yeah, the work sucked. But at the same time, you achieved that goal. If every problem that comes in your life, you look at it as a challenge, because let's be honest, you're going to wake up another day, you know, knock, knock, knock on wood. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, you're going to wake up another day. And if you haven't done shit about it or you're just wallowing, you're not doing anything for your fucking self. But at the same but it it is attractive because it's fucking easy. It's easy to look at it and go, well, that's not my fault. It, well, that it, is it, the balancing act
3: too. Yeah, that yeah. is the balancing act is between blaming everyone else and blaming yourself for everything. And there's people on right. both sides of that. Oh, I, yeah. I, as far as comparing yourself, why not compare yourself to an earlier version of you and see how far you've come? Or it, when you think about like, if your anxiety about my car is going to break down, it's going to be $3,000 or whatever. Think about the last ki- time that happened. If you're old enough, it's probably happened several times. What happened? You are here today, right? and that's no longer yes, a problem. I was just going to say so, that. Think
1: about the worst case scenario. The real worst case scenario. What, how bad will it actually be?
3: Probably not that bad. And if you already are prepared for the worst possible scenario, not like focusing on it and hyper worrying about it, just running through scenarios in your head of like, this could be bad like this, this, this and this. All right. I'm mentally prepared for all those now. So if one of them happens, at least at the very least, I won't be surprised. That's all I do. We'll be right back after this quick ad break, so get the skip button ready. But if it doesn't play, well, lucky you.
0: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
3: Expound, Brandon. Go ahead. Look at he's Oh, he's. I see the, the gears are turning.
4: Okay. So what this is at its core, and I'm so glad you guys did this. This is so beautiful. I just love the way the universe works. I love all of this. Um, okay. What I feel is occurring, and you nailed it with the perception element to this, because it's 100% perception, and it's, it's perfect. If you want to dip into the freaky woo-woo, Dolores Cannon stated it that our entire job here is to learn how to manipulate energy. And what that meant to me was is alchemizing anything in my path to turn it into what I want. We're the deliberate creators here. You either are or you aren't. You either subscribe to this or you don't. It's, it's very clear now that we are, the deck had been stacked against us previously for our ability to come to understandings as this in the amount of folks that we are now has a lot to do with the technology, the way, the connectivity that we have but what it's allowed us to do is to share different alchemizing techniques, which is what we're talking about here. If you, again, view the setbacks in life as you're an an arrow and a bow being pulled back, and really what it is, is that stagnation, that tension, that is you fucking getting ready to absolutely soar. If you can picture and weather those times, and not even weather, fucking thrive and dance through them knowing that this is what's occurring, and all you do in that time is hold your aim so that you launch to the fucking exact place you want. That's alchemy. It's like through all of that, it's it's not allowing the things while you're holding your aim that blow in your ear and tap on your shoulder and yell at you and say you should be voting this way or be scared of this, is as, as long as you're not focused on any of that shit, you will absolutely get there. And what that is is absolute alchemy. But it's a muscle that you flex, but you can do it all the time because you're constantly presented with moments to be a greater grander version of yourself in my mind that's a quote from uh, conversations with god neil Donna walsh but what that means is that you're constantly presented with opportunities to alchemize and to change situations into what you want another thing from him is that you are only in the room to heal the room the only reason you're in the room is to heal the room you're only in the room to heal the room the only reason you're in the room is to heal the room I say it like that because it's very important to kind of wrap your mind around that because that's when you step into the concept that we're all one or rather it's true or not, you can view it this way, which again, your perception dictates your reality. So when you start looking at all the folks out there, NPCs or not, it doesn't matter, then you start looking at everything out there as you, then you change the way you interface with things. You just naturally do, and it's you're rewriting neurons. You're you're changing your chemistry. You're changing what excites you and lights you up. It's not the fucking gory shit. I've never been attracted to that. It's not the drama and the politics and the gossip. I've never been attracted to that. My chemical signatures are not wired that way, which is all this is. It's just, and again, going through, I'm gonna shout it out. <clears throat> Got it right here in my bag. Um, that, right there. Highly recommend, guys. Um, uh, the for the audio, 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 audio listeners screen.
3: breaking the habit of being yourself by Dr Joe Dispenza.
4: It it details, you know, how your mind really processes information, what the chemical signals are, all of these things and it really breaks it down in an awesome fashion. Now, it, it ties together and because then with this knowledge you can go, "Oh, wow, it's simpler than that. It's not just giving up. It's a it's handing it over to a more intelligent um part of you that has a better vantage point The things I said earlier. It's that's offering your challenge to a new solution, right? Not solving a problem with the same intelligence or consciousness rather that was used to create it, that Einstein quote. And so you're really stepping out of your paradigm in this, and that's the whole fucking thing here is to alchemize. And so when we talk about that, what little things like this are, are little perceptive things that y'all said throughout this entire conversation that were dripped in with absolute fluidity because they're, they're just that way. And I'm going to point some out to y'all. So happening to you, not for you is the way that I look at it. It's happening for me every damn time. To you is the way that people will approach it. And that has an energy to it, right? Everything is greeted with two things. And so even in those language patterns, those neurolinguistic things, that speech, uh, remember abracadabra, as I speak, I create. So if they're happening for you, it's absolutely true. And you will view them and alchemize them as such and get the gifts that are in the pile of shit that's there, but you'll dig through it with joy. And most of the time, it's not shit anymore. It's just fascinating. Another one is always people always. And it's interesting whenever yes we look out at what when at what from my perception looks to be all these other unhealed versions of us doing the best they can with the information that they have and with that comes you know the love and the grace and all of those things but then what i've come to with this and why i'm grateful that you guys brought all this up is i'm to the point now And actually, I've been doing this for a little bit with success, which is why I can, I'm to the point now, it's where I could say I have success with this with a couple of months of practice. I've written new scripts for the people in my life. Have we talked about this on here? Because I don't want to repeat something. Okay. No, I don't don't think think so. so. No. What I found out with something months and months and months ago were the things I didn't like about my wife, let's say. And I started with her and God bless her for being this example, but she, we're on the other side of this. So it's, I can tell you with confidence, she's grateful for it. I used to write scripts for my wife constantly based off of old patterns that I was a vibrational match for, meaning uh, little, little, just little fucking nitpicky shit, like uh, partnership things and, and all of these things, right? And they were little, but they added up and they really weighed on me and all of those things. But one day I thought, well, if we're manifesting, if we're creating our reality or whatever, I'm constantly creating that version of that woman. What's more is I reached a vibrational level to where I realized that I was creating her from a vibrational level of my past. So, what I did was I just sat down and wrote a new script for my wife. The next fucking day, I, I said, you know, she's a wonderful partner, she does all these things. Um, you know, all the things that were f- feelings I had to the contrary, I alchemized, sat there, wrote them down. The next fucking morning, wake up, different woman. Different, I mean, the partner. I had scripted out the night before. Now, we, I pointed it this out dimensions. to- we were talking I, about I, earlier. <laughs> exactly, but this, but and this is scalable, and I'm gonna. We're gonna come to this. So Mary and I—that's my wife, my beautiful goddess wife. We talked about this, and I told her about this. She started applying it in her own life, and oh my God! Now we had a combined opportunity to be greater, grander versions of ourselves. Because not only are we doing this independently as Brandon and Mary, but also we're doing it as Brandon and Mary, as the entity that is this married couple that's done this many times in many lifetimes. But it's a Voltron of sorts, you know. Now you now we're a binary star system it's not one solo crusader out there just working on himself with no restrictions or whatever it's it's a team thing and when we're stagnant we're both right so with that then came this perception of oh we have a thing in her mother-in-law and this was a thing mother-in-laws if you're married you you understand this perhaps uh, maybe you don't there's a challenge there now we both experienced the challenge but what we did was is that we started writing her a new script we said you know when she would call we would get the eye roll but i we caught the eye roll i would say Every time your mom calls, we go, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck now? But perhaps we were anthropomorphizing that. And so what we did was we changed the script. And maybe the way that I viewed it, again, because all the pieces out here are me, The one of the perceptions I have that I'm pretty uh, proud of, uh, pretty attached to that idea, is is that like whenever we were doing that, it's her on the other end, perhaps of a simulation, perhaps as another version of us, in a quantum realm of instant um, uh, entanglement, something like that but she was reading the vibe of our script as we we're rolling our eyes not answering the phone as it's ringing she's reading it and going over it with the matrix too and they're she going oh fact. they're still going to want me to <sighs> okay i guess i'll show up as this person i guess i'll be this catastrophe i guess i'll have this drama and i guess it'll this will participate and i'll just keep playing this character because they keep casting this script for me in their experience so we wrote her a new script we said dude she's crushing she's doing awesome everything's going great for her every time she called we sent her love we send her consciousness all the time A couple weeks later, she left this super fucking toxic relationship and ended up going down to Peru for two weeks to do ayahuasca at Carlos Tanner's place. So what I'm saying here is if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I mean this to the biggest scale possible. So when I talk about the world, I'm never saying the word always or people are doing or this is how it is because that is solidifying it in my understanding of the way that reality works. Now, what I've done, contrary to that, actually, is seen that, alchemized it, and said, actually, everybody's doing the best they can with the information they have at the time. Every fucking morning, I'm a man of rituals. Every morning, I have a three-hour process. It involves reading, journaling, working out, working on myself, and walking outside in nature. That's the last bit of it. So it's sun's up, you know, things are happening, or whatever. In that walk, it's barefoot in the labyrinth that we have back here. It's about 1,300 steps in and out, but I walk it three times. In the middle of it, there's a central point with a circle, And um, what we do is uh, I go around that circle and I, to each cardinal direction, thank them for their expansion of consciousness and receive their blessings and send them ours in return as well as all those above and below. So what I'm doing is giving people the power from my perspective that they are doing the best they can with the information they have at the time. No one in my reality is eye-rolling pain in the ass to me anymore. No one. And so again, this has changed my perception of even the bad guy idea, these Klaus-Anal-Schwabs and things that it would be easy for us to all agree that that's a douchebag and that's a lizard turd. And we throw the lizard turd thing around affectionately, of course. But again, it's, it's not, it's from Charlie Robinson's standpoint of a conspiracy analyst versus conspiracy theorist. The dude like it's absolutely what's happening and it's defined my reality for now and nothing else matters. Fuck you, kid, go away. We're not looking at waterfalls or going fishing. I've got to do this, you know? And that is where I feel the alchemy is at its most necessary. That's where the real pause and that real introspection, but it's only through gaining a better relationship with yourself can you even begin to do any of these things. And that's where it all started for me. But this writing of new scripts thing uh, that people are always doing the best they can with the, best, uh, the information they have at the time, wishing them consciousness no matter what. Uh, something happens, well, that's just what consciousness does. Somebody cuts you off, that's what consciousness does. You know what, I wish you consciousness, brother. Be safe, don't hurt anybody on your way home. We know you got a lot on your mind, take it easy. The difference is it's got nothing to fucking do with that person. That's an NPC for all you fucking know. It's your shit. Always your shit. So it's whatever is interfacing with you. And this is one of the biggest techniques, if you want to call it that, uh, modalities is to not be affected at all. Not rocked off your shit by anything external. And that's where that mastery shit comes in. That's you master this, that's it. That's kind of have- what I was saying
3: earlier, too, about the the not. that's pretty Buddhist, the non-attachment, non-reactivity type of thing. And I always loved that. But then you do react and you're like, fuck that. That's a bad Joe. You don't don't do that. What the fuck? And then you beat yourself up because you reacted. And it's like, OK, no, you can't be reactive to your own stupid shit that you did either. R- roll on. Keep rolling. Be like water.
1: The process. You have to set boundaries right. with yourself. Too, yes. You have to set your own boundaries like, okay, I'm going to be okay with this or, hey, if I do this, maybe I'll have to do this. I'll have to work on this a little harder, but make sure you're not going get, to get to a place where you're setting yourself up for failure, I guess is my point. And I'm not great at this either. I've been trying to work on this very, very recently, just like you, Brandon, in my work, especially mm-hmm. where I kind of get walked on all over the place. I just am one of those doormat people like, I'll do anything. It's okay. But then I I harbor resentment and I don't mean to. It's totally internal. I don't take it out on my family members, but it makes me dislike certain things that happen at work and it makes me have a certain outlook on my job. So when I have just in the last couple of weeks, I've just been saying like, hey, you know what? I'm not doing this today, or like, hey, this is just how it is. It's the mortgage industry. I've said it a million times. People get real pushy and very angry. And when something's out of my control, I used to blame myself. yeah,
3: it's like they're buying a house or something. yeah, it's <laughs> a big crazy. deal,
1: but it's not my fucking fault.
3: <laughs> it's like just like, emotional purchase of their life, sure, yeah.
1: but like if it's something that's completely out of my control, which it almost every single time is, I have typically in the past gotten really upset, really stressed out, and then it makes me hate my job, and then it makes me stressed around my coworkers. So I've just been saying, I'm not gonna say sorry for anything that's not my fault anymore. I'm going to be helpful and kind, but I'm not apologizing. And I'm going to take whatever comes at me and just give kindness right back and also give truth right back. Like, hey, is, can we close in two days? No, we sure can't. And I know perfectly well that my words will not land kindly to them, but I will say it in the best way that I can and let them know the facts and then know that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And if people just start there, like, and that's just a dumb example, but if you're in a place where you're like, what are you guys even talking about? And you're working wherever you're working and it's super stressful. Start there, start setting boundaries that are little, Like, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to stop saying sorry when I'm really sick and I can't come into work or if I have to take a vacation, but they're really busy, but I deserve a vacation. Like, it's okay. You don't have to be sorry for those things. Don't be sorry for things that are completely out of your control and then just be confident in the things that you are doing. So I love it goes what, a long way.
3: You, before uh, Brandon can respond to this, I'm going to cut in. Uh, I love what you said about the kindness and truth thing. So that's also a matter of perspective, because you can try to be kind and say true things, and it will come across as not kind at fucking all. But you kn- knew it was true, so you said it anyway with kindness. Whether it comes across like that or not doesn't matter as much as the fact that that was probably the kindest thing you could do is tell the truth, whether they realize it at the, at that point or not, that would be the kindest, kindest thing you could do is to tell the truth. That's all so. you
1: can do. And it's, the, you have to have confidence as well. And That's why I'm saying, take little steps. If you're not at a place where, where you know what any of this is, you have to have the confidence in these little things. Like I know that none of this is my fault. I'm going to stop feeling bad for things that aren't my fault. So a lot of people do that. That's a really, really big deal in our society. People are sorry for things and feel bad for things and get stressed about things that are 100% out of their control. I see it all the time. And we just have to stop. Start there, though. It's very easy because it's very small.
4: You know just the words to say, don't you? Uh, Sorry. Okay, that's the only time I'm going to say that word, by the way is as an example right to be funny um, that word to me has done the most damage psychologically to our entire society and here's why if we follow the nlp or the neurolinguistic programming aspect of this meaning that as you speak you create what you say literally affects the reality and what's more your body meaning every cell in your body if you think of yourself rather than just your body, which you're not at all, uh, you're not your body, you're not your thoughts, you're not these things, it's a fascinating concept again to just detach from all of this idea and realize that perhaps this is just a vehicle and that perhaps this vehicle isn't even what you see on the surface. We all know, you know, seen in textbooks and stuff like little cells and shit, but really you're a collection of like 75 trillion complex cell interactions and like ecosystems and all sorts of crazy, amazing things. And they all respond in unison in symphony You are the god of this vehicle, of all of those creatures in you. They respond constantly to what you feel, not what you think, not what you—anything like that. Now, what you say reverberates and has a vibration. This has to do with the voice. This has to do with sound. This has to do with the sacred elements of cymatics and of frequency. And whenever you do this and incorporate sound into something this is also why it's important to write things in your own handwriting if you're repeating them as well as repeat them but out loud you know the three stages right write, read in your head read out loud and that speaking component to it is the most important <clears throat> writing it assures that what you're doing is exactly what you want you have time to edit right before it makes it to the fucking making it happen now when you think say it in your head as well, you're rehearsing for the making it happen without actually putting it into action and speaking it into existence and reality. Now, when it's hit, making it happen, your mouth, this fucking pie hole here, that is creation. Right here is the tip of creation. This is where it happens. And if you look at it like this, then everything you say that Affects every cell in your body. The Nakamoto work, right, with the water studies, the hate, and the there's so much research on this. And the how much percentage of water are you, and how does it affect you to speak that way? And this is why we have this, the Kweefis self deprecation on there. It's so important that whenever I hear somebody say the S word, that to me tells every cell in your body that you are that, that you're pathetic, that you're not worth it, that you're, uh, you're, you should be feel that way and be in subservience. That's a vibration, it's not a word, it's a vibration. Now, if you apologize for an obvious accident, which is nothing in considering or inconveniencing of anyone or anything like that, a bump into someone, whatever, oh, hey, we're dancing. You know, there's many ways to alchemize those situations rather than dropping the S-bomb because it drops into something and we all feel it. Look around you now that you have heard this. This is a choice point, as we call it. Look around now, and whenever you, it will light up around your world like something insane how many times you hear this, and how many people say it, and how, and it, it it dips you into this bullshit, not you fucking take my confidence away from me thing. And it's not what you mean to say. It's what we've been programmed to say. And we've been programmed to oversay the shit out of it because it's such a reliable way to keep you fucking stuck and feeling that way literally so whenever you know and something to what you said also uh jenna wanted to say is that no is a fucking complete sentence no is a complete sentence you drop a no and then you stop especially in sales marketing anything like that you make your pitch say it stop the next person that speaks owns it right that's an old sales tactic right it is very complete and any sort of challenges they have with that can be addressed with them as they verbalize it up until the point that you remind them again with a simple no because no is a complete sentence and then you let them sit with it and you let them have the tantrums now with
3: and that's this why is no a- pisses so many people off is because it is complete and an end it's just
1: really hard though in my job just real quick i'm not trying to cut you off if i say just no i will have so many emails back so i try to say no here's Here's my answer though. Like it's, it's very concise though. It's not like a long explanation. It's not apologetic. It's just no, like, no, that's not true. And then I try to anticipate what I, th- I mean, I, I've never been incorrect about what I know they're going to ask because we're already in a conversation. So it's not like it's a guessing game, but I just say, no, it's this. And it's very short, non-apologetic. And then I wait for the response and I've gotten really great results, but keep going.
4: No, yeah. And then so that's it. What the knows a complete sentence does is it gives you the confidence to know that. But diplomatically, you may want to offer additional information, but you're going to keep it short. It's like a jazz thing, right? Jazz, the whole thing about it, jazz music. It's not when there's more to add. It's when there's nothing more to take away. So it's it's that element of just very simplistic speech that's very direct and not <clears throat> not contradictory to what you feel. Excuse me. So to this again, the alchemy of words, the way that you feel about it, like this is huge, huge cellular level regeneration. You're you're rewriting neurons, you're you're breaking old neural paths and you're saying, I'm breaking the habit of my old self and I'm very ready to step into this new one. And it's these things, it's it's starting with speech, it's recognizing those. Huge. Trying is another one. You're not a triceratops, you're a doceratops. You're either fucking doing it or you're not um it's those little things like that that you'll that are in there and they're in constant speech and it's the ones that are repeated so often um i feel sentences now which is fucking weird have you guys experienced this talking to so many people you can feel the vibe in a in a guest change whenever they say certain words or when they get to a point
3: oh 100 percent. yeah there's a it's like uh changing the channel Mm -hmm. or like uh the color changes or something Yes. yes i know exactly what you're talking about
4: that's the best fucking way to describe it, a color change. That's a beautiful way to, because it is, it's a monochrome-like shock. It's, where, where was the person I was just talking to? Like, where, what happened? Now, what's interesting is if you pay attention to what the thread of thought is, you'll find the triggers, and you'll find, like, this, being this mirror. So We talk to people so much that you'll see this you'll find that that is where it lies for them. And there was actually something, a guest got to a point, we'd already signed off and shit, it was fine, we just kind of were talking and hanging out and stuff like that. And um, it got to a point where we were talking and all of a sudden she said, yeah, and everything's just, and it's this incredibly high vibe thing. And then she goes, yeah, but these followers and oh my God, these people out here and all this. And I felt this heaviness and this energy and I just stopped her. I go, holy, I go, where the fuck did you go? You you were just here and then you started talking about this one thing and then now you drifted off into some way off dimension. I felt the energy change. She goes, Yeah, it's because of this. And it's when she started talking about it, you could feel it was more of a revealing of vulnerability and triggers and stuff. And so, but to feel it, to see it that clear, it was something that I've been talking to other content creators about and I was curious if you'd because of, you know, how many goddamn conversations we've had with different types of people. Um, it's, it's interesting to sort of pick those things out of conversations, but I think the energy component to it's what makes you all like great hosts. You know what I mean? Cause you can read it. You can feel it.
1: It doesn't happen on our show very often, but I, we just talked about this, what yesterday oh, the day before on just a, whatever random topic about how in, in any community, I'll be broad about it in any community when there's a certain negative thing that happens, um, especially if it's like something that a lot of people could possibly relate to, it seems like they flock to the negativity. Like they're very drawn to it. And I don't want to shit on my fellow men and women out there. I'm not trying to be mean and say, hey, you guys all suck. And you guys are really negative all the I time. But it's, it. but it seems like it's very easy for a lot of people to do that. So what Joe and I do, though, typically is we ignore it. We're like, okay, well, whatever. Like, we're not even going to play along. And we just pretend it's not happening and yeah, change the not subject.
3: engagement I like to call it. And it, it
1: typically story. works very, very well. Yeah. There's no, like, we don't even go in and say, like, hey, you guys are being assholes right now. You know, there, there's not wow. even that.
4: Yeah. Don't water that
3: but, flower. But,
1: but it's something that I have noticed that it, you can tell that people are, like, they're drawn to it. So it's very important, like you've been saying, to... Be able to rewrite those scripts for people and yourself and say, hey, you know what? I'm stepping out of this. I'm going to help you step out of this by thinking better of you and for you in the future.
3: And it comes back to like we've talked about this a lot, too, is the, the idea of psychic vampirism. And as much as that sounds, I mean, half the shit we talk about sounds fucking stupid. But if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. And there are people like that who will literally suck the life out of you with whatever negativity they have. And people have a problem, you know, not, I don't know. I, It's hard to do, especially if it's a uh, family and friends to not engage with it and to just like, no, I'm not doing that. And so I don't know. I don't really have the answers for that at all, but it's uh, at least if you notice it, maybe you'll come up with your own course of action.
1: Script is really helpful. We have a friend that I know Joe is like directly referring to that, when she would come over, she it would just be like, um, this was like a while ago, but it would just be like negative conversation after negative conversation. I would just sit there and be you like, feel
3: drained afterwards. Like,
1: let's go jump in the pool and float. And I'd like try to change the subject, but also not try to push her off. I wouldn't be like, hey, I'm gonna go inside and do anything else for the next however long this is gonna until happen. you leave. Problem because I can't be rude. So I was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. But you, it's hard to say that too. So you have to kind of delicately. But re- so rewriting the script, I think, is very helpful, I guess, is my point, because I tried to do multiple different things. It just didn't work.
3: Well, I wanted to ask you too more about the NLP stuff. And for people who aren't familiar with neurolinguistic programming, uh, there's tons of resources online and I, I'm not smart enough to explain it. But what do you think about the people uh, who would say that that's just the placebo effect, like what you were talking about, where you hear it, you write it down, you speak it or you know, you know, the queef. Uh, the queef of self deprecation, that kind of thing. And my thing with placebo is that did it work though? If it works, then what are you talking about? Oh, it's just a placebo effect. Okay, but it fucking still worked. So there's something to that then, right? I mean, something happened because yeah, you were re- rewriting your own script or whatever. Key,
2: key word effect. If it's a placebo effect, then it's an the effect. Effect. Sounds of effective. The placebo.
4: Sounds effective, right, then uh it um yeah it the placebo is actually an interesting one because they it was so successful in telling people that they didn't need their bullshit that uh, they had to stop including them in studies they actually have a control group now it's very rare if at all to see a placebo study at all um and if it is you know how can you trust what they're saying Um, because again they've been found to be so dangerous to pharmaceutical industries. And this is why like, they'll write off a bunch, like yes, nine out of 10 doctors, but you know how many doctors they had to talk to that told them to go fuck themselves before they got to nine, right? And so it's, it's one of these things to where if they can apprehend the idea that it's bullshit, then just they can perception manage anything. Or let me say this, they have the ability to fool you for a little bit, but even those things are what I call temporary truths, okay? Uh, I've really gotten into this thing to where anything you know, anything is only a temporary truth. And when you can really look at things like that, you can say, holy shit, this frees me from all of this extra baggage, all these beliefs, the B word that's a cuss word to me as well. This is another neuro-linguistic programming thing. Uh, and when when you can drop into those levels of really, like I said, looking at the examples of things, you have countless examples. I'm going to get to RA, RAS in a, in a second. But you have placebo effect, you have the double slit experiment, that you have, uh, again, the reticular activating system or your RAS. And these things all tell us that your reality is completely fucking made up by you and that whatever you feel is going on is going on. The real trick here and the triggers of everybody out here, uh, here one or two of you just going, ah, bullshit, then those are your triggers. Those are the programs saying, hey, uh, that's the Mr. Smith reaching in and going, hey, remember, like, we don't believe this is absolute Mr. bullshit.
3: Mr. Anderson.
4: Yeah, he's going, Mr. Listen to this fucking guy. You don't want to listen to this fucking guy and here's why and you have examples of this and I'll, I'll point you to a bunch of examples of this and that brings me to your ras your ras or reticular activating system has four primary functions it's a bundle of nerves just uh, up in your brain there um and what it's it's four functions like uh sleep and all these kinds of things but what uh melatonin production whatever but the one i really enjoy the one um that also why ras is in my list with placebo and double slit for proving your reality is absolute bullshit, or that you have control over it, let me, let me absolutely put it that way, um, is that the part of your reticular activating system that interests me is the part of perception. Now, the medical definition for this is that the reticular activating s- system when it comes to perception filters out useless information as to highlight or present useful information. Now, what do y'all hear about that sentence that may sound alarming to you? Anything stand out? that your reticular activating system filters out useless information as to present useful information. And it's
1: filtering red... out anything in general that we're looking at
2: is pretty terrifying. I was going to
3: say that maybe you can't trust it. Ben.
2: Say it one more time.
4: It's, it's that good. its job is to filter out from your reality, filter out useless information as to present to you useful information it sounds
2: just like a cpu it sounds like uh like you're in a simulation
4: well who's
1: deciding what's useful and useless that one
4: there it is jen thank you it's that's what's that's where i'm at with this is useful and useless are subjective now what determines that is your paradigm to answer your question your paradigm is your beliefs and experiences so here we are back to that b word now tying it back into neuro linguistic programming i would comment on beliefs the word beliefs as i would the s word meaning that it anchors you to something that you are now attached to a bunch of energies that you don't fucking fully understand that are attached to an idea that you must subscribe to all love or you know unless you're mindfully picking and choosing there's a lot of symbolism a lot of things that you're unaware of within even a church that you're walking through things like that now this is where again the beliefs word just murders me in 1999 kevin smith came out with a film called dogma and i know i've talked about this a ton but it love it rufus the character played by chris rock says on the train to the effect of i don't have beliefs i have ideas because ideas are easier to change and holy shit, when you get to that point this is where you're able to write new scripts because now you're able to say well i have i had a belief that my mother-in-law was always going to be this way and said therefore she was now if i wrote a new script that means i have an idea that perhaps the belief was flawed in a way and maybe i only was carrying that around because it was just something I hadn't observed from my current understanding and awareness, which taking inventory on those past beliefs is very important. Uh, And then maybe even rewriting them and downgrading them to ideas and freeing yourself from the anchors that you're unaware, you know, you've even signed up for like the contracts Brandon Williams talking about. So with your reticular activating system, what's fascinating about this again is that it only presents useless or hides useless information. Your nose is an example of this, by the way, if you think about it right now, you can see the tip of your nose. Your reticular activating system filters it out because it considers it useless in your environment. It says, no, 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 you don't need it. Yes, it's there. Obviously, it's there, and it's observable, and you can see it if you focus on it, but you don't need it. It's your processing brain power and taking away from your forward vision, which is where all the shit's going on. That's what you need to be looking at. So your mind does this with everything that you input into it, like a CPU. It stores it, but it only plays the programs that will run it. Now, if you're in a filtered program of things happen to me, that's the only fucking thing your RAS will look at, is things that are happening to you. They will look at them that way. They will present those things to you, and that's all that will appear in your life. Now, when you change this and you say things are happening for me, your RAS, your reticular activating system, after a time, there's an echo. It's about 21 days, about 30 days to really stay committed to this. And it's it's simple. We can give some good examples if you'd like, some tips to flip that. That's fucking alchemy. That is alchemy. This is where you say, what's useful to me are things that are actually useful. And what's useless to me is the hate, is the anger, is the fear-based shit. That's useless information to me. And therefore, your reticular activating system doesn't even fucking see it. It's not in your world. It does not exist. Now we're talking dimension shifting, dude. That's that's what this shit is.
3: Well, let's get into that. uh, How you would? I mean, we we can close out here pretty soon. I know Ben's got to get going. But uh, to close out on a positive, you know, helpful note, like... Uh, to me, the the first thing that would help somebody with that would be to fucking realize it in the first place. And it sounds like a AA 12 step thing, but like literally you can't do this without realizing there's, I wouldn't say a problem. We'll call it a challenge without uh-huh. even realizing that th- that's there. You're never going to. And that to me would be more of an NPC there. There's something up here. They're not even acknowledging or realizing or knowing it's there so how the fuck are they gonna ever break out because they don't know it's there so once that's you realize a it's ironclad there
2: firewall
4: yeah
3: once it's you it. realize it's there then you can do something about it and go from there
4: they're barely the chimps that can look at themselves in the mirror and become self-aware like it's it's just this shy of like if you have no fucking desire for growth that's alarming to me you know and now again my ras is not i don't have people like that in my life i just don't I'm a magnet for incredible people and because I've decided to be so. And so I only have that. I've really rewritten the script. And now if you're in my experience, then you are absolutely there for a purpose. And I know this. I have a vibrational threshold that I've set. To that, that's the answer, is that's what you do. You decide. What I found for me, and this is in a really dark time for me, I think I've talked about the Thought Ninja on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. is Thought Ninja was a very crucial part of that because it allowed me to watch my thoughts from an observer position. In my little Thought Ninja, I would say, All right, buddy, here's where we are. You're a bouncer for my thoughts. These things do not get in. That was first step. Now, with that, I was really able to figure out how I thought. This was huge. This was huge, 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 huge. The the noise and all the shit is there so that you don't realize that you are fucking yourself over by the stream of thoughts that you are constantly choosing to engage in. I have a mantra. Uh, I am exclusively focused on thoughts with love uh, of love and positive forward momentum. This one's very important to me. Came to me the other day while walking in the labyrinth over there because uh, in stagnancy, momentum is like the thing you crave the most. Just fucking get me moving, get the wheels moving, get me out of this quicksand, right? And with that comes this idea of thoughts. Now the thoughts are what got you there. I can tell you unequivocally from my experience, every goddamn thing that you experience is the way your mind works. Now you've been presented with opportunities without your awareness of how to change that constantly throughout your life. but. Again, don't, like, be disheartened by this because it you couldn't have before if you're just coming to this understanding now because that's the way this place works. It was all necessary to get you to this point because whatever was back in your story that you needed to learn, that means you're not an NPC and that you're actually here to do some damn good and that's why you had sort of a rough go. And But we're all here with you and you're not alone and all that good shit. But what I will say to that is moving forward, it's up to you and it's your job to get a hold of your fucking mind. That is, like, the only thing that I can... Absolutely, say have a motto with yourself: do no harm, but take no shit. There, there is an element of kindness that you need with this. You know, there's not a stubborn like, "Well, fuck you, little guy." Now, I got to that point after a lot of fucking, uh, way too much kind of. I was uh, to a point to where I let myself get um, d- like taken on that. Like that was a, th- but it took a while to get there, and I could see why it didn't. And, and it's perfectly beautiful. And again, uh, I get it. But again, get fucking rab around your fucking mind because that's what they're after constantly that's what the they out there that if you choose to focus on it if you look that's all it is it's energy it's got nothing to do with your money it's got nothing to do with anything other than to keep you scared and to keep this cortisol floating and these cytokine storms going and to keep you dependent on blah blah blah. and what it is is it's noisy it's fucking noisy and it's loud and it's annoying and it's boring if anything else it's just fucking boring man so get control over your mind Really go within, like I said, I've got a, a beautiful practice in the morning. I actually do some coaching with folks, so if that's something you're interested in, we can sit down. Um, uh, I do an hourly thing, and you can just reach out for me on my website for that, expandingrealitypodcast.com. But I can share with you my morning routines, uh, the things that got me here. It's been a lot, but we, and and it's a growing process. It's not like I'm like, oh, I fucking figured it out. I'd never be foolish enough to say that shit. But I will say that I've acquired quite a few skills that I'm incredibly grateful to approach anything in the future like it feels like i've really really—you're just sharing
3: what you quests. learned no problem with yeah. that
4: yeah and so i've got all, all these side quests to get these fucking skills and now it's like useful you know what i mean i got the bow and arrow that won't let me take shit and i got the other thing that tells me that no is a complete sentence and i'm fine with you know that i understand that you're training people how to treat you and to really set boundaries early on you know what i mean so i've gotten all those great lessons from whatever lifetimes and whatever shit you know this one has provided and i'm grateful for all of it what you're describing
3: with getting a hold of your own brain is what we talk about a lot is the self-responsibility thing that nobody seems to want to acknowledge
4: and that's it it. i'm catching you because i love you everyone's acknowledging it because we're writing new scripts everyone everyone acknowledges this now we all get it we're all absolutely doing the best we can with the information we time including not assuming that nobody ever gets it anymore because that was an old paradigm that was when we started this show thing we're we're way past that we've learned so much (laughs) since then so they're doing the they're doing great they're always with it now
1: i agree okay so i love that you said that too about getting a hold of your own mind because i've talked about this with joe i don't think we've talked about it on the show it's kind of woo woo and weird. But I'm like, okay, we're born into this world and we're just a soul, but we come into this avatar, right? And we have this brain and we're told our whole lives, our brain is so important and it's so great and it does everything. I do think it does great things, but I don't think it's where our core thoughts come from. I think that comes from our soul, but our brain filters them out and we have the opportunity to, we don't have to separate it, but we have to use our soul to harness our brain. I know I'm getting real weird here, but uh, I don't think our brain... Is, is telling us what we should actually do. We know deep down what we should do, but there's outside forces that can interact with our brain. And then it's up to us as a soul on this earth, on this plane or whatever realm you want to call it, to, to have discernment and see like, hey, this isn't an actual real thing. This doesn't really affect me. I can actually take this brain and I can make it do anything I want. And I'm not saying... Um, you know, you can fly or whatever, maybe you can, I'm not sure, but you can absolutely harness your energy and your interactions and your feelings and your emotions. You can change that in two seconds. I think it's 100% possible. It might seem daunting, but I just think that our soul has control over our brain and we're not, we're not ever taught. Right. That, Let, of
3: let's simplify it. You may not be able to fly. Maybe you can, I don't know, but you know what you can do? Not be a cunt. That's pretty easy. I mean, once you realize it, it's pretty easy to not be a cunt or a dick. I don't want to, you know, gender stereotype. Well, Joe, I mean, for
2: for some people, it is literally starting on the other side of the spectrum, that whole you can't run until you walk. You can't walk until you crawl and all that stuff. It's like for some people that they don't they weren't taught any kind of positivity. Like Brandon said, they had a really rough go. It's like they have to let go of not being a cunt before it's possible for them to be a good person. It's like. Yeah, it's just like it's Re- like realizing learning... that it's possible. Yeah, yeah, it's like learning first to n- that being a dick isn't what you have to be. And then once you realize, oh, my God, not being a dick, I have seen so much better results. It's like, yeah, but you have to replace anything that you take away. And it has to be with something. There's never been anything in your life that you take out that you aren't filling it with something else. And it's like, so what are you filling it with? Well, for a lot of people, it's doing nothing. And they replace it with doing nothing. It's like, okay, but after a while, yeah, you're not being a dick anymore and you're seeing good results. But imagine how much better the results would be if you reverse that and you were a good person. For some people, that's really, really hard and it takes them a long time. But
1: if you go internally and you sit with yourself, I don't think you do have to fill it with something else. Personally, I don't think you would even care that this space existed in the first place. Like you You wouldn't miss it.
4: Yeah, you fill it with a connection with self. You realize that the void that you were filling external was only because you lacked the internal connection that's already there to fill all of your cups, all of them. And so this external habit, because that's what it is, it's just a habit. This is why it's important, the breaking the habit of being yourself, because it's just phrased that way, because it's just something you picked up, right? Meaning it's something you could just as easily discard. Now, depending on how long and how deep the programming and all those things, yes, it's going to solidify. There are many neural networks. There are many things that can help with this. Psychedelics, man. Michael Pollan um, talked about this that, you know, psychedelics, especially uh, psilocybin cubensis mushrooms, that whenever uh, the metaphor you use is like a snow hill. And as we, you know, grow up in the programming or whatever, it creates these tracks in the hill. And then if you try to form new ones, you're going to slip down to the old ones because they're so deep, the ruts, right? So what psychedelics allow you to do is add fresh powder to the hill. So it basically just covers everything. It allows a complete, sort of a, an easier way to unwrite things that were habits that you had that you would no longer choose to carry forward. Like they don't serve you any longer. They were there, they were fun, they were whatever they were, but now they no longer serve you. And once that decision is made, yes. Now to the cunts and dicks, I agree with you. What, as the receiver of such cunts and dicks, um, I would say that hurt people hurt people, right? So. If it's to a point to where there's, you know, um, a systemic, uh, you know, obvious challenge there and you haven't wronged them in any way, you've been doing the four agreements, doing your best, not taking, uh, not making assumptions, not taking anything personally, being impeccable with your word, if you're doing these things, then you have no reason to feel that you owe them an S word, or that you need to feel that uh, you owe them anything other than perhaps space, you know, but then space, as uh, Jen talked about earlier, can be taken advantage of. And so then you learn how to dial in space with boundaries. And so it's this interesting balance, and that's all this is. It's a balance, but you're constantly like pushed. You know, you get a little nudge every now and then. And the way um, signs that you're off course, if you want to say, was uh, brought to me by a dude named Jason Pickard. I had him on the show, he's great. And one thing that he said was an example of that you get a feather, a brick, and a truck. And that example, like, was perfect because I used to, in a lot of fucking trucks, right? You know? But then you start to see them as bricks, and they still suck, and you're like, ah, fuck, okay, but but I can do better, I can do better, you know? And then they're feathers, and then what's even better is they float down like feathers, and then you just queef them out of your way, before before you even see them, and they're not even this thing. It's fascinating. But it is a choice, absolutely a choice.
3: We can't hear you. I was muted again. Uh, no, what I was saying is not really like a disclaimer, but what? Uh, w- none of us are experts on this. These are just things we've learned and ideas we've come across, and we're sharing them with you. By no means are we saying we have this right. At least I'm not. Well, I that's know, James.
1: Show, yeah. We're just saying, hey, start small. Here's a little idea I have, and if you guys can do it better, tell us on our Telegram or send us a message.
3: It's like we always say, we're it. sharing ideas and opinions that we've come across and conclusions we've come to make of that what you will do your own research which is apparently against the mainstream agenda right now is to do that but yeah uh, just uh you know basically figure it out yourself it's self responsibility get ahead of your own fucking head i mean you could email me too and i'll i'll write a masterful email back to you no matter what you say trust me i have done it <laughs> well brandon before we get out of here uh where can everybody find you i know it's expandingreality.com any other things you want to plug
4: just the podcast part of that, so expandingrealitypodcast.com. The Expanding Reality was taken by some person. I'm sure they're crushing it with it. Um, yeah, Let so me you write guess, it down. <laughs> okay. So you can check that out, expandingrealitypodcast.com. And um, one thing I would like to talk about is our book. We have a handbook that goes along with the show. Did I show this to you all already?
2: No. I don't
1: think so. First time this to is see awesome. This?
4: Oh. Yes. Okay.
2: Hold so, on uh, this was part of the news that you couldn't talk about last
4: time that you kind of oh, gave what? us a heads up of oh, yeah this. so this is our
2: this is our Ooh, first time unveiling it on the show
4: how wonderful okay and it's nine eighteen on my side which is my birthday by the way okay that means a lot to me okay Attaboy. so uh this book right here is something um that uh, i created here and it's really for uh several reasons so one of the things with this is that we founded a publishing house this has been in my wheelhouse for a long time so, founded a publishing house. It is called Rediginal Publishing, which means ridiculously original. And oh, nice. We are into empowering and amplifying the voices and visions of ridiculously original authors. That's sort of our mission statement there. But this uh, book that I created, um, all in Canva, by the way, if you're not using Canva, get your fucking life together. It's the best investment you'll ever make and um, created this little guy for the show. So this is actually a handbook for expanding reality, of the show that we do here. Expanded insight and episodic reflection, the shows we do, the type of content we produce is called episodic because you don't need one after another. And then it's volume one, of course, because this is a folio, it's the bigger one, there'll be a six by nine or a smaller one coming up um, later. But as I made this thing, uh, went through, there's a couple little just how you doings there, and then it goes into how you actually use this thing. So this is the instructions on how to use the book, which is really cool. And this just takes you through just sort of suggestions, like, you know, go with what you feel inevitably, right? But nice. what this also includes um, is a couple of additional pages that in between all, like there's three every three episodes, which are again, episodic, you can fill them in as you go. If you only like the alien ones, then cool, just do it with that. But on here also, every three, there's little activity pages, I suppose, where it'll ask you like, what would you ask an alien, or what are some mysteries you like, or some places to sketch and draw, and. Some stuff about psychedelics, like things like that, right? Uh, so it allows you to go through some quotes from the show, of course, McKenna and Hicks. And then it, you launch into it. And so now you're into the the book. And it's just a workbook that you can sit here and go along with the show. Any episode, and it just asks expanded questions, like questions unasked. It's got a doodle there if you want to do an inspired doodle. Any notes, any takeaways, um, any expanded research that you'd like to do from stuff that we just drop in that you're like, oh, I've got to write that down and come back to it later. Those kind of things, and you have the opportunity to do that. And then, like I said, there's just some in-between pages uh, with some little activities and stuff. So, really created this to inspire other content creators to add value for their audiences as well. And that's really what rediginal is all about—the publishing house that we're that we founded here. Is to give authors you know my personal mission is to give people back to themselves so we do this as well by empowering people to amplify their visions and voices as well now this uh same thing yeah it took a little bit and it was uh, definitely a learning experience i'm grateful for it because it looks fucking dope and i'm super proud of it and um through that though it's been an awesome thing for me again to inspire you guys to maybe do one of your own maybe you guys want to if you're a bigfoot show and you have a you want to do a bigfoot tracker or if you're a coach you want to have a coaching thing. Um, if you even want to get down to little meditation journals line things children's books fiction nonfiction we've got it all we have uh, several amazing projects going on like i'm so grateful for this it's just i'm already so like it's already my passion project like it's my baby this publishing house and it's so cool so um yeah that's that's one thing i'm extremely proud of right now it doesn't have a website we're gonna host it through my website right now really it's been about uh getting authors building the infrastructure all that kind of stuff we haven't like officially launched yet but we are absolutely taking meetings. We have you know, a couple of signed authors with us right now. Just signed another one last week. Uh, another nice. contract should go through next week. So things are incredible. We're hooking folks up with illustrators and it's awesome. Like it's just one of the coolest fucking things ever. And it makes the most sense totally with the good. show you know, and all this stuff. So anyway, that's going great. Fi Tribe is really fucking cool. It's this musical experience. I'm the reality expander for this band that's on YouTube. And I'll drop you a link in the show description here. And also, I know we're running, but I dropped you a video um, in I the link that. earlier. Did you get that?
3: Yes. Putting it we, in the notes now.
4: No, Ben needs to go, so we will not. And then also, I'm just going to give you the Five Tribe link there to link as well. And yeah, they do just amazing uh, music. Uh, they do uh, it's 432 stuff, so very deliberate healing music, and they're just one of the coolest projects. And uh, I'm grateful to be a part of it. Their resumes are insanely cool. There's just uh, amazing, amazing people! That's actually doing really cool shit with music, like a, a really cool technology with this shit.
3: Awesome! And nice. for the audio listeners, the uh, book you were showing kind of looks like a interactive journal. It looks pretty yeah. fucking cool. Thanks. Love we'll it.
4: Your address, I'll send you one. I'm ordering. Oh yeah, hell on. yeah! But I'll send you one. Yeah.
1: I like how it's inspiring people to actually pick up a pen and use their hand and write too, instead of typing everything into their phone.
3: Looking at a screen all day, easy. like we're doing. I'm tired. <laughs>
4: it's you know it's visceral it's uh analog it's i'm very into that and that's why we're printing everything books you will get a book you know i'm I'm big into that yeah
3: oh yeah i think people are moving towards that too but dude thank you so much it was always great to talk to you and uh we will catch up with you soon uh for the listeners i mean i guess we'll see you next time i don't know